Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton with the Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast with Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. Rounding out this fantastic four of podcast teams, I'm Mr. Seth Tastic. <laughs> Do you stretch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a different podcast. Well, what, which ones are you guys? I'm Seth. Mr. Fantastic. Uh, quick, quick, I, I, last one's Invisible Girl. I'm, I, actually, I was gonna say, that probably makes me Invisible Girl. Nah, you, I think you grew up on Yancey Street. You're like, uh, you're like a rough and tumble thing. You're Bing Groom. Mm. Johnny Storm. Mm. I don't see either way. So hey, this is Moving our on. first episode. <laughs> episode number one of the Kapow Podcast. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Glad to have you. If you're a long-time listener of our previous incarnation, the So Pro Podcast, uh, we're the same four yahoos, and uh, it won't be a world of difference. You're not going to be lost. It's uh, a similar format, but we're going to try to uh, shake things up a little bit and do something new. Yeah, it won't be like an episode of Lost where you're halfway through it and you're wondering what the hell's going on. That's the timely pop culture references you're going to get <laughs> here on the <laughs> We will not spoil Breaking Bad. So who's on JR, you think? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I feel like it was a dream. I felt like I had a dream last night about 7.30. Or wait a minute, was that a nightmare? Oh, Michael, Michael. For uh, my uh, heterosexual life mate, Jordan and I, uh, went and saw Superman versus Batman last night. And for him, you dedicated huh? the viewing to him. Oh yeah, I got I got down on one knee and said, "This is for you, baby." Um, that's all I can say about it for now. I have We're not going to gonna spoil it, you know, so don't tune out. Yeah, we, yeah. We realize many of you probably haven't seen it yet, so you're safe to listen to this episode. We're not going to give away anything. The good news: the yep. house was packed, and I'm sure it's going to make tons of money. So next week with episode two, we will. Spoil the heck out of it. Yes. 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 We episode, will share our feelings. And- episode two, we're devoting the full hour to Superman, Batman, our opinions, our thoughts, love, hate. Uh, you'll find out our thoughts. <laughs> Michael's going to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Michael had opinions on this, let's say. Very opinionated. Extremely opinionated. Moving on. So introduce yourself if people are If they don't know us by the first time. Oh, well, obviously, I guess I go first. I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton. Um, no one can be more illustrious than me. It uh, says all of that on his birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you look at my birth certificate, you'll find someone else's name. Another story for another time. Uh, born and bred in Marriott, Ohio. Lived here all my life. Got into comics at an early age, and of course, I'm a huge Superman fan from the get-go, and I've been collecting comics since I was in the fourth grade, lifelong comic fan, and... And you've been drawing comics yes. for almost as long. Oh, wait a minute. I'm an artist, too. <laughs> Sometimes. I don't think I got enough sleep. I was going to say, you kind of have something else. I do draw comics, too. Moving on. <laughs> I have not had enough sleep for this podcast Well, I am Jordan Lowe And I usually uh, write the words for those comics Michael occasionally draws So I'm a writer uh, I was born not in Marietta But uh, on the outskirts 
more of a rural area. Uh, Are you a cowboy? I'm from Lowell, Ohio. And, uh, yeah, grew up here. Uh, spent a few years in Columbus uh, during college. And then I moved back here. And uh, after living in a town with two or three great comic shops and moving back here where there wasn't anywhere to get good comics, I pursued my life's goal and opened up a comic book store. So I am the owner-operator of Asylum Comics here in Marietta. Uh, we've been around for over 10 years now, and now I also do podcasts, so life well spent. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it all. Man. I'm Seth Offenberger. I, uh, I've i lived here in the inskirts and outskirts of Marietta, <laughs> and um, my whole life, uh, fanboy for all these comics since I was a little guy, and I... Stole some kid's collection. <laughs> and his dad said, take those with you when you leave. And, uh, big, big Marvel fan, probably more than DC, if that matters to anybody. And <clears throat> I just, I've loved it my whole life and I like talking about it. So decided to join these guys. And I'm Cliff Barnes. I too, uh, grew up on the outskirts of Marietta. Um, I have many, many fandoms. Um, I would say starting out probably with Star Wars in the 80s and, um, I still have a deep love of all things 80s and the things, the cartoons and movies that we grew up with, uh, much like the other three. And, uh, I also do a little collecting of the comics, um, big TV and movie guy. Um, other than that, day job, I'm actually a travel agent. I specialize in Disney vacations. So thus my great lifelong fandom with Disney, especially, um, you may be hearing more of that soon. And, uh, basically I think how we got this, this whole podcasting bug thing going was, uh, a little credit to Michael. Um, can you say that again? <laughs> Michael has been wanting to, uh, to do this for, for some time. Um, he invented podcasts, if you ask him. Yeah. Years ago, he had the idea. Yeah. I was in my tub reading a book that sliced my nipple and gave me this thought. That's like Doc Brown inventing the uh, flux capacitor. <laughs> so one by one, Michael had uh, somehow recruited this uh, little team here in, in, into our uh, podcast by night fandoms and uh, – here we are. And it's equal playing folk because we have two DC people and two Marvel people. Mm-hmm. Even ground. Yeah. <laughs> and we do set across the table from each other. So. <laughs> it's almost I, like I Batman. I scooted around to this side just naturally. I had to face off against them. It's almost like Batman versus <laughs> Superman again. And we're all one big happy family. Everyone here is related except me and I've been adopted into the into the family. In several odd ways. <laughs> he was got married towards the beginning of this podcast, apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. So, hopefully, uh, you can go back and check out our SoPro podcast, all these stories we've talked about. We've, we've talked about our favorite characters, our favorite movies. I mean, we've, we've delved into our backstory quite a bit, so we won't bore you with that anymore. But we won't tell are, you our origin story uh, for the yeah. 20th time. Go back to find our secret <laughs> origin. But, uh, enough about the past. Let's move to the future. We, uh, as far as we'll go with the Batman Superman this week, we, at the premiere, I know Cliff wants me to talk about this. Jeff Johns 
said, told uh, some reporters that Booster Gold <laughs> <laughs> is coming to DC Entertainment in some form. The real DC hero. So what is anything? He, he, speci- I, I didn't hear anything. No, specific. he's just saying he has big plans. Whether <laughs> big plans. That, whether that could be uh, there's talk about this Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie. Um, there with Rip Hunter being on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I every week I'm just waiting on him to pop up there. It needs to be like a half hour comedy show. It, it should be. It should like be after all the yeah after all the depressing stuff deep DC's putting out right now. I could use a little bit of yeah on a show about time travel. You think Booster would be an easy right easy, easy to slot him in there? Although okay. all the characters on that show pretty much stop wearing their costumes. They just walk around street clothes <laughs> to keep the budget low. So I don't know. Booster could walk around in his uh, bright costume all the whole hour. They might not be able to afford it. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I'm surprised to hear that he's not won that. If they've got all those, people not yet, in. not dun, yet. Dun, dun. So whatever they're they're holding back for him now, they're, you know they've can't. They're, a couple years ago, they talked about the uh, sci-fi series they were developing for Booster, and then that kind of went in the can. And they keep saying, "Oh, we have plans. Oh, we have plans." So I have plans too. <laughs> <laughs> So is that what you want? You want him on TV or you want, what do you want most? I think for me, um, I'd like to see the, see him go right. with the movie route, the, oh, the yeah. kind of buddy cop movie with him, you know, whether they're time traveling or just give me something JLI related. I don't care at this point. <laughs> just JLI just related. That's just, that's your favorite iteration. So. Yes. <clears throat> well, staying in movies, uh, Daisy Ridley confirmed she's in talks to any video game fans out there. Oh, know who yeah. Laura Croft is, uh, Tomb Raider, the old franchise that's been around for, you know, 15 Ooh. years. Easy. Uh, Angelina Jolie, Jolie used to play her and, uh, you know, it looks like she'll probably get the role. And it, the last couple iterations of the game were huge successes and, Really great. Do you, any of you guys ever played any of those games? Back on the original PlayStation, <laughs> I did. Yeah, back, back in the remember. day. Yeah. yeah. But this she looks was all like, blocky. Yeah. This looks like it could be a great move for her, though. Um, stepping into another franchise. I mean, look what Harrison Ford did going from Star Wars to Indy. Yeah. So. Since you brought that up, I feel like Harrison's on a... Uh, Goodwill tour? Greatest Hits tour. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> and Lego Batman t- trailer dropped. There's mm-hmm. a it's the sequel to the huge success of the Lego movie. So I didn't realize that's the direction they were going with this. It was stri- it was going to be Lego Batman. I just thought it'd be Lego Movie Two. Yeah, you know Chris Pratt again, and it's not going to be that. It's Will Arnett as Batman. So I was just going to ask, is he back as Batman? Yeah, it was like it was a. He was a fan favorite, you know, when it showed up in the first one. Everybody oh, loved I didn't realize this was part of that universe. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a spinoff or a sequel or yeah. I thought it was its own thing. No, it's totally just go running with that. It's going to have Will Arnett, uh, Michael Sarah as Robin, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis as the Joker, Rosario Dawson as Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer's h- hilarious. You know, this might be the... Batman oh. hit of the year. <laughs> I, sh- I, I shared it, but I haven't got to watch the trailer yet. But oh, it was just good. That it was Zach is going to be the same. Joker. Yeah, I can only imagine. 
Yep. It's uh it looked really good. Uh you know, he uh hmm. I think uh well Alfred leaves him a lobster dinner or something that it did half part the part of the trailer just have microwave in it. I hits the wrong time. <laughs> it's just it's just exactly the same humor as the original movie. So I really everything will be awesome again. The first Lego movie. Yeah. I even had the awesome and theme how's that song, song go? Everything is awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to get that stuck in your head. That's all right. I have it on speed dial. <laughs> well, that's about all the movie news. If we're not talking about the Batman movie, so. Michael's like biting his tongue. He, really, he just has yeah, so much get, to get, say. Give us, give us ten seconds. <sighs> <laughs> and <laughs> this is the one thing that I will say, and I I don't think this is a spoiler because it's been said. Okay. I I don't like that. Batman has been fighting crime for 20 years and Superman's just getting started. This is the problem. <laughs> That's my first issue. <laughs> okay. Keeping track. Moving on to TV. Insert Cliff's cool drop now. You have failed this city. Run, Barry, run. Marvel and DC on TV. Girl. What's your name, darling? Agent. Um, okay, I, I've asked this before, I can't remember it. Do, do any of you guys watch The Walking Dead? Yes, Thank Jordan you. and I were actually yes. just talking about this. Uh, I'm the only one that doesn't okay, watch it. Okay, cause, now. cause whether, yeah, I, I think I may have got the impression before nobody cared for it, and I, it's been hit or miss for me over the years, but I always watched it cause I read the comics and it's neat to see. Yeah. It come on TV, but I, I guarantee somebody's going to hear about it. This yeah. season, actually, I've really enjoyed this, this last is, season. This is the best season in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, they, and you've, you're up. Yeah. Caught mm-hmm. up. I mean, we're, we're going to spoil the show. Anybody that ha- hasn't watched the show, we won't, you know, we're not going to tell you what's going to happen, I guess, but, uh, the, you know, this, you know, Daryl's been missing his bow and all that. And <laughs> right. We, we're kind of waiting for that. Moment in the comics, Wait right, for right it to come about back now, around. where where someone was going to get shot with an arrow through the <laughs> eye. It was like, who's it going to be? Because they kind of play the you know spin the wheel yeah. of who's going to get it. I I was surprised at the moment. I wasn't expecting when the that Doctor Denise got yeah. it. Yeah, that scene was really tense. Uh, if you've read the comics, you know who gets the arrow. Yeah, and there's a scene that almost mirrors the comics, and I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And it didn't happen. Right. I was like, oh, well, they might be doing something different. So I kind of let my guard down. Boom, it happens to Denise. Oh, they got me. Like, yeah. it was a moment of real shock. So even for people who've read the comics, so it was it was a well-done uh, surprise moment. Yeah, and it's not as much as I think sometimes they just pick whoever to do it to. It does seem to me like it does drive the story forward as far as she was the doctor. Right. And now – uh Glenn and Maggie, you know, Maggie's pregnant. It's a reason for them to move on to the hilltop right. where, you know, is an obstetrician. Obstet- oh, my gosh. Obstetrician. Um, <laughs> Michael, you mispronounced something. You yeah. can jump I'm on just it. excited. <laughs> you can jump. <laughs> I'm too excited to speak. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, we probably shouldn't debate how smart it was taking your only doctor 
out on a run where it's dangerous. Right. But, uh, we'll, we'll gloss over that little point. <laughs> yeah. Why, why they did. But I, I do think that's kind of the beauty of, for the people that have read the comics, it's kept interest in the show. Well, they, yeah, they do different things. It's different, but it's similar. Well, yeah, they, Kirkman was interviewed saying, you know, he, what's, they're, they're looking forward to this. Where it meets up with issue 100 of yeah. the comics. And anyone that, if you don't read the comics and have any interest, go read the comics. Yeah. You first really, off, by really, all means. really should. Yeah. You should buy them at Asylum Comics because <laughs> they're always in stock. And there's a great selection of all of them. Yeah, I mean, you need it because the story is just that a little different. Subtle. But I, 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 told, I did like a commercial while we were talking. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but they... Uh, it's it's really good. It's just a different. If you're a fan of the Walking Dead, I've heard a lot of people going back and reading the comics, and it's just a different take on the whole thing. And you're getting the original story that's based on. And that's but, the funny thing is, it's never slowed down. The sales on these books, when the show first premiered, you know, it wasn't as huge as it was, but it was still a big. I mean, for a cable show, it broke some records and stuff. And those first few buyers are like, oh, I'm curious what this is. I'll buy the first couple volumes. And then a few seasons go by, and then, you know, there's a, a couple, you know, several months between seasons two and three, you say, people would come in like, I can't wait any longer. I need to get more of this story. And now people are coming in like, well, I've watched the show a bunch of times. I want to see how it's different in the comics. And then yeah. you get people coming in like, I can't wait anymore. I got to know what happens next. Like there's, so there's, there's just been this. The show's been on five years now, something like that. It's uh, yeah. it's never slowed down. Yeah, this the enthusiasm is the end, end and the, of season six, I think. We're yeah, on so it's it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it in a comic adaptation, as far as that sustained interest in the source material. Yeah, they've definitely, I think, drawn up the blueprint from now on 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 how to deal with these shows. Well, they have have. You know, anyway, they were building up to this issue 100, meet, meeting up with the finale of season six, and everybody's been talking about the bad guy Negan showing up, and you know, Kirkman was saying how actually the what what they end up doing in this finale, he's like, he goes, I don't get goosebumps often, but I got goosebumps. He's like, this <laughs> is this is what he's been waiting on, and you know, it's saying, and Scott Gimple basically said the same thing. He's the showrunner right now, but that. They want to create that feeling you got when you read issue 100. They want the people that read that to get that feeling again. It's going to be unexpected. Like where you wanted to vomit and like, cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they want that moment. They, you know, if you don't watch it, don't read the comics. You don't know what it is, but there's a big moment and they want to let us who think we know what to expect to get something unexpected. So. Excellent. I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that. And I, like, what, like, I got that unexpected feeling when I watched this episode and found out that Daryl Dixon can't drive a stick shift. <laughs> I know, that was hilarious. It's like, what? That was the most unrealistic thing in the whole show. <laughs> you expect, expect a country boy? That. Yeah. He rides around that motorcycle all the time, but he, uh, <laughs> he can't figure this out. Looking at that, at Denise, like, how dare you tell me you can drive a stick shift, you know? Like now you've, I know you've read all the comics. Is someone asked me today and I couldn't answer um, the that plot point of "We Are All Negan." Was that part of the comics? I don't I can't remember. remember that. Very well. I don't remember that. I, that's. You think that's some kind of twist they're doing on the show, or is it just a more thematic? I think thing? it's just a. I think it was just a fact of trying to throw people off that have not read the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, 
It's, mm. it, but there's so many casting things out there. Everybody should know that this is coming, that there, you know, there's a guy. But it amazes me the amount of people that, that still are out there, you know, the, the non-comic readers that <laughs> don't, don't catch on to this stuff. I mean, for the most part, you, I think a lot of people, especially people that normally don't buy comics, like Jordan said, have come and, and seeked it out, uh, all the back issues and, and to see what's going on and where things lead to. But still, there's a lot of people out there that are kind of, I think, that have the attitude of, I don't want to know. I don't want it spoiled. So, yeah. And it's funny to get their reactions to it because, I don't know, it just would be so different for me because when you don't know anything about it. Well, there was a, a teaser I saw that they released for for the finale. It was that it was released in the Netherlands, but I, I assume it's made its way here throughout, oh, I'm the, sure. throughout the day. But I saw it, it, uh, it actually showed him and oh. it showed Lucille. Hmm. It was kind of showed the back of him standing there and, and then it showed a close up of Lucille. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was, it was, it definitely made me tingle. I'm ready for that. <laughs> Other things that were, that are different from the comics, this whole Rishone. <laughs> There was no Rick and no. Michonne relationship in the comics that I recall ever even hinted at. And, you know, I, I don't know what, what did you guys think of that? Uh, uh, it's definitely different. It's a different take. I mean, uh, everybody, so far on the show, everybody dies that Rick dates. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, so. I, I, from, if you just watch the show, it's kind of like it's, it's an offspring almost from Michonne and Carl's relationship and how it's developed. I kind of feel like now that now I saw that there's some, there's going to be like an origin story for Negan in previews like image plus. Yes. They're putting out like a catalog now every month. And how do you get people to buy a catalog with all your items in it? You put in original content from the walking dead. <laughs> exactly. It's like four pages every month or something like that. You're going to get the origin story. Okay. So yeah, I was, want to mention that because I didn't know other people even knew that was a something out there. I mean, that's, that was going to be, I think people are going to want that. Want to, going to yeah. want to read that. And, and, and you guys keep, keep on get, get around to daredevil. Do you watch any more of that? <sighs> Michael, I could go on and on about how good daredevil is. How far are you? Like I'm towards the end. It's so good that, I don't want to binge watch it just for the fact of I want to enjoy it every day, just a little bit by little. And today's probably, I think I watched maybe one and a half or two episodes and I was like, because it's just so good letting it sink in. Uh, I think that I don't have any complaints with that show at all. Like the characterization, the drama, the like just the whole Punisher origin and like when, can't i don't want to give anything away but it's just it's so good <laughs> yeah i mean have, it, have it, they renewed it for season three or oh, they had to i, I can't I, I heard anything that. well I, I mean they haven't renewed supergirl yet i was they, just gonna they, say they that. renewed like 10 or 15 yeah. cbs shows today and supergirl wasn't one of them how is that yet. possible but I, w- I was surprised to see that i i will say on daredevil like to me like the one thing that I don't think it's Daredevil that makes the show. I think it's the supporting cast that makes the show for his character. A lot of people don't like the Foggy Nelson or Karen Page. That, and I, oh. I mean, I like them. Yeah. Know? But, uh, 
It's good. It's definitely good. I'm I'm only about halfway through. So. Are you talking comic fans that don't think they're an accurate representation? Nah, or I just I I don't know if that's fans. what it is. It probably is that. I don't, I don't know how you could say. I mean, I don't think she's as, you know, I like the comic Karen Page, I guess, better. What I've read of it, but Foggy's is he's Foggy. <laughs> I, I I just wonder how much are you going to really like Foggy? <laughs> And, and that's actually one of those places where, as I'm okay with Daredevil, but I've never been a huge fan of the character. I've barely collected it over the years, so I... I'm surprised that you're not, like, doing everything you can to try to see the show, Jordan. I know I, you're a Daredevil fan. I love Daredevil. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. I don't know. I was just... I think I love him too much. I, I'm worried about... You know, adaptation, hmm. and if it's not as good as I hope it is, then it's gonna. It's like it's gonna. How <laughs> Michael feels about Superman right now? <laughs> it I might ruin my like afternoon. It. Yeah. Uh, Plus, I'm a cheapskate, and Netflix costs money. So, well, that's true. It does. It's not free. <laughs> Everybody ha- has it, but they're everybody's paying for it. <laughs> I thought I could outweigh it, and a DVD would come out. Within uh, six months or eight months, but they they There's Netflix doesn't have Netflix, any incentive no. to yeah, put anything. That on was a DVD. kind of my thought too. Yeah, I thought, oh, I'll just wait out till the Blu-ray comes out or whatever, and it's just not yeah, happening. They're in no hurry. Yeah, that, I don't think they'll do it at all. Net, so, Supergirl, you guys were talking about right before we started. Was it? I, I what? Is something big happened this week? Well, this was the basically the Martian Manhunter, the first big episode focusing on. The Manhunter, his origin in the in the show, um, and how he became Hank Henshaw. The one thing that I thought was a pretty good episode, but the one thing I thought was weird was you never figured out what Hank, the original Hank Henshaw's motive was for just wanting to kill all That's aliens. That's true. Yeah, and he wasn't a very likable guy at all. Yeah, he just was like, ah, the only good a- alien is a dead alien yeah. kind of <laughs> What is wrong with that? That's that's a, that's a valid motivation. <laughs> Aliens are terrible. Well, you have Superman that is a well, and it, yeah, and like even in the show they reference like Superman. I don't care what Superman says about you or something like yeah, that. Because like he knows that it's Martian Manhunter in the I forget it was it the African or wherever it was. It was yeah, somewhere. Yeah, but South America. South. Okay. Yeah, that's really close to Africa. <laughs> but, um. It was a really good episode. It showed basically how Hank Henshaw, the original one, died and right. how the Danvers sisters' uh, father died. And how they figured into him and his why he's watching over them. The huge reveal was at the very end when they broke out uh, Hank Henshaw and uh, – what's Supergirl's sister's name hmm. besides Pretty? <laughs> you asked me too fast. <laughs> I don't think that's it. A- anyway, uh, <laughs> but the big reveal at the end of it was that they figured out that um, their dad was still alive at Project Cadmus, mm-hmm. and they run off to find him. My Play, theory, played by um, Dean, Dean Kane. Kane. the incomparable <laughs> Dean Kane. So from now on in the show, is is he just going to be the Martian Manhunter? Are we done with this Hank Henshaw crap? No, I don't think they have the budget for Martian Manhunter. (laughs) Well, I mean, he could still be just be John Jones. Yeah. But I guess you'd have to change actors. I I think it's just, I mean, they'll go back. I think eventually he'll go back to running a DEO and all that stuff. 
what I think is going to happen is they're going to find um, Mr. Danvers at Project Cadmus, and it's and it's going to it's going to be Cyborg Superman all over again. That would be an interesting yeah. take. I mean, because to me, Supergirl from day one has basically been a Superman show. They are weaving all these plot threads and oh yeah, and concepts from the Superman mythos right into the Supergirl mythos, and using a lot of plot points and story concepts. And I don't understand why they can't use it for Superman, but it's okay. I love Supergirl. Well, they had bigger things planned for Superman. Shut up. <laughs> no, what next week's the big, the big crossover episode, right? Yeah, that's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, Flash and Supergirl. Again, another take from Superman because they're going to race. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to get Mr. Bevilacqua, the gym teacher, the, sorry, deep Seinfeld pool. Foot race. I choose not to race. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it, Executive producer Greg Berlanti was saying that they're they're gonna they're already possibly planning on her going to his show. You know, why not? And, and now, did I see where they're saying this is not the same universe? Right. It's, okay. He's what I he's crossing worlds. Or what whatever. I'm thinking is because there's the one scene he has this device around his mm-hmm. symbol, so I assume they built a device to try to get him back to Earth too. To see what's going on and in he doing ends up, so, he ends up in the Supergirl world. Well, when he first traveled through the tunnel into Earth 2, you saw yeah. some flashes of alternate Earth and you saw Supergirl there. So and a Legion that ring. Was, that was foreshadowing uh, an easy reason or an easy way, plot point, to, to mm-hmm. be able to jump networks. So this is uh, – so Barry Allen, is that, the, is yeah. that correct? Yeah. So she just had – has she, she will, I assume there's a Barry Allen in her world somewhere. Well, that's what, that's what we're wondering if maybe with the, the Flash world, his Earth, if, is there a Cara Danvers out there? You know, we don't know. So, so. what, the, the people she's all fought, they've all been these escapees from the Phantom Zone. Are there other metahumans besides John Jones? Have they hinted at a, a wider world of. Well, I, actually, that episode, uh, her. Office arch nemesis finds out that she has powers at the very end of the episode. And we've had like, um. Livewire. Yeah, Livewire. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I saw that executive producer was talking about how those characters were just an obvious match. Like these are two characters and he said that they're daytime heroes that live more in the light was his quote. And mm-hmm. I thought, Superman used to live in the light. <laughs> he needs to have a conversation with Zack Snyder. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. I was like, I know another daytime hero. <laughs> but it's night all the time now. <laughs> I, I, I saw they were wanting to work uh, Linda Carter into season two, if there is yeah. one. But, uh, yeah, you know what they're wanting her to play? No, I just <laughs> I just saw the headline, too. I was curious. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of deep into the... The blurb there, but uh, mm-hmm. she supposedly they're setting her up, wanting her to be the president of the United States. Interesting. Hmm. I know a lot of people wanted her to play Hippolyta in the movie right. Wonder Woman's mother, which would make sense too. Right. And then I saw that you guys know there was a, a power show on PlayStation Network. Yeah, yes. yeah, I watched it. Hey, you asked me why I didn't watch Daredevil. Because I watched the first episode of Powers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now wa- that's a show that's kind of removed from the source material just a little bit. Yeah. I don't, 
I can't even remember what the first season was supposed to have really been about because I only watched like two episodes of it for obvious reasons. There were, there were little things that were good, you know, but apparently this second season that's coming out there, I think it's May 31st, um, it's going to be who killed Retro Girl. So what the heck were they doing the first season? Does anybody remember? I couldn't even tell you. I love the – I've collected the comics since day one when it first came out, and I still buy it when they managed to put it out. Mm-hmm. They, only, they only put out about four episodes issues a year, but uh, I, it means a lot to me. It's one of those first indie books I bought. It was uh, – it helped grow my Bendis fandom because I, I loved Bendis back in the day. So, yeah, I was uh, – Severely let down by the show. Well, they've got a few more people in season two. That, um, let's see. Uh, Trisha Helfer is going to be on there. Michael Madsen is going to be Super Shock. Hmm. And Will Wheaton is going to be on there, too. Somewhere he <laughs> weaseled his way on there. <laughs> season one had Eddie Izzard, which I love him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm, I might – I've got – We've got PlayStation Network, so I may watch, try it out, see what. I don't know if I, I'm trying to remember if I watched the whole season one or not, because I know, I think I watched a good five or six episodes, I think. So I, I can't remember, but it was okay. One last thing about Flash. Is everybody caught up on Flash? Did you watch? I'm as caught up as I'm going to be. Has okay. there been a new one lately? Is yeah, there was one the Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm not caught up on the newest one. Okay. Go ahead. Well, basically, the, the ending, Barry discovers who Zoom is himself and finally figures out and has this great Wrath of Khan moment where he races <laughs> off as this big Khan. You know? Which I have, a, I have a question with you guys. I don't know if we brought this up previously do you think that's the Jay Garrick of Earth 2 or what's your – because here, here's my theory on all that is I think the guy in the Iron Mask is Jay Garrick. I don't know which Earth he's from. Uh, yeah. I think that the um, Zoom is probably Hunter Zolomon from Earth 1 or – from Earth 3, which would be a crime syndicate Earth. I kind of thought Earth 3 myself. <laughs> Listen to these DC guys. Now the Marvel guys are rolling their eyes like, how silly are all these different Earths? Exactly. Yeah, I was like going- fighting guys in, in the hallways. <laughs> they don't jump from Earth to Earth. Well, because they reveal that Jay Garrick, when Zoom took off his mask, he looked like Jay Garrick. So, and they're talking about the speed force and how it, how it all plays. I kind of hope it is. He is from Earth Three, and and we get a crime syndicate. Because how great would that be? Um, to to do a almost a crossover Flash Arrow episode that way, and and bring all our heroes in from Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow, and to fight the crime syndicate. That'd be pretty sweet. So I'm all for that. <laughs> so how much of this season is left? How much room is there to do to do all? This well, this would obviously not be this season. Yeah. Uh, we're almost done, and he's yeah. just now discovered that. He, he he hasn't even found a way to get back to Zoom to fight him yet, so we're still on that path. Okay. <laughs> I didn't follow any of that. <laughs> you guys need to get caught up. I don't think I don't have forty years to go back and start reading DC. <laughs> like Marvel doesn't have alternate Earths. There's like twenty six different Thor books out there right now. <laughs> Anyone heard of Ultimates? 
<laughs> yes, that's the other one. <laughs> okay, I, I dug for Star Wars news just so we could listen to this. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Harrison Ford was on Ellen, and so I watch Ellen religiously. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Now he was on there and said, said, uh, to any Han Solo hopefuls out there going to play the young Han mm-hmm. Solo, he says, don't do it. Right. She, she was saying, you know, if he had any tips for the new, new one, he said, it's not new. It's worse than that. It's young. <laughs> <laughs> he said, at first, you know, it seems like everything is going swimmingly. You put in 25 or 30 years and then they just let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get a read on him. Yeah, whether he's he's he hates us or, all, yeah. he's a or whether he's just messing with us, I, I can never read when he does interviews or talk shows or uh, co- Comic Con appearances. He Is just, he genuine? Yeah, or, yeah. Know, sometimes you think he's so you know he's so up there in age, he has no reason to not be genuine. <laughs> you know, I think that's what you're getting right now with that. <laughs> He's like, I can still do this, but he also wants to be killed, <laughs> you know, which, which is, but the, uh, there's still like five potential people up for that role, but it seems like the leader I, of the pack right now is that Taron Edgerton, which is that the one? Kingsman. Okay. That's from Kingsman. Yeah. Well, I remember you talking about that guy that had those YouTube videos. Yeah. He's not. Like seriously being considered, yeah. did you look like? Yeah, that I did. He, yeah, he did sound like him, and he did look like him. Yeah, it was, it's it's that's worth watching, but I don't think know that he has any acting talent. In slight Star Wars news, uh, Mark Hamill, a fan pointed out to him that Arkham wasn't his name. Okay, then there, that happened. Mark Hamill. Yeah, like the end of his mm-hmm. name, the beginning of the other. It was name. on Twitter, wasn't like, it? Spelled out Arkham or. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. I thought you said Mark Camel. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Camel, though. I also think uh, my pal Corey, who he does the podcast Spider Crimes. They do Corey it, Spanner? Corey Spanner. They talk about uh, – it's a couple of OU students, and they talk about old comics and silly things that have happened. Now, and the uh, old comics to them or old, old comics, comics to us? Like they're going back through like uh, – and a strange what, journey in the mystery or something like that. Oh, they're going way Weird, back. like, uh, mad scientists that, you know, turned an army invisible. And like, yeah, all, a lot of odd stuff. But, uh, I think their, uh, Twitter account got Mark Hamill to tweet back at them because <laughs> mm-hmm. they wrote, they wrote a funny, uh, a satire about how Mark Hamill's bummed he wasn't nominated for best supporting actor for his role. <laughs> in the it's, it's like those, that steely gaze I had for 10 seconds was enough, and like, and Mark Hamill, I, he, I think he either he either retweeted the thing or tweeted back to one of them. I was like, That's "Nice funny. work." He yeah. is actually, I don't know if you follow Mark Hamill or not, but he's very active on Twitter. But he does he all the time. I'm reading stuff where he interacts with fans and, and jokingly, and he'll the, put up pictures of stuff. Of Harrison Ford, pretty much. <laughs> Anybody uh, have anything about comics? <laughs> <laughs> what are comics? Tom Brayport, uh was saying when uh, that Jessica Jones comic is in the work, whether that means mm. a new alias or the pulse or whatever it's going to be, yeah. that that's I'm like, surprised it's going to be supposedly Bendis and 
It's a, basically a done deal. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, actually. Well, kind I think of, they he's kind of busy. Better planning right. to get ahead yeah. of that. Maybe they just weren't really sure how the yeah, show was going to go. They but... didn't know it was going to be as big a hit as, as yeah. it was before he, you know, sets aside some time to actually write that. And I, I will say uh, Superman versus Batman made me want to read more comics, but not for the obvious reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Watch less movies and read more comics. Yeah. Um, but along those lines of recently, I mean, this isn't new comics, but I picked up, um, before the, before Watchmen, the Darwin Cook's run of the Minutemen here mm-hmm. at Asylum Comics. Uh, still available. Uh, a bargain price. <laughs> and uh, granted, I, I didn't see any of the other ones, but I'm a huge fan of his artwork and his style and, I think the man should go on to be, you know, up there with all the other legends. It was a really entertaining story, and I think it fit very well in the mythos, and I I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I think the Miniman was the best of those before Watchmen series, because there was the most, you know, Watchmen dealt so little with those characters, there was more to explore with their early days, and... You've seen the uh, Darwin Cooks designing those cartoon characters, like the Hanna Barbera series they're doing with Johnny Quest and mm-hmm. all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of he's not drawing it. Obviously, I'm sure he couldn't keep a monthly schedule, but his it'll be his the feet. Hopefully, his the feel of his kind of art. Nice. Which yes, Johnny Quest and there's like hipster Scooby Doo in there. That's a separate book. Okay. Yeah, Scooby Apocalypse. That one. So <laughs> it's uh, the Future Quest book. It's gonna have Johnny Quest, Face Ghost, all the Hanna Barbera greats. Uh, yeah, it looks fun, and if I think if Darwin Cook's in charge of it, it should have a good uh, a good retro feel to it. Put me down for a copy. Okay, sold. We haven't had any Johnny Quest for a while now. Mm-hmm. It used to be a staple on TV, uh, it's even. It's called Venture Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Along with that, it'll be the Scooby Apocalypse. <laughs> Which I wonder, like, because there's been... Uh, there's a piece of artwork that was floating around for a long time that had the gang like in apocalyptic times. And I'm just wondering if that's because it got a lot of heat behind it. So I'm wondering if that's what made them go that direction or somebody an idea. Yeah. I saw this DC rebirth starts like May 25th. What is all this? Uh, it's not a reboot. (laughs) Okay. It's a rebirth. It's apparently not. Um, I, when I first heard the rumors, they're rebooting, they're restarting everything with a number one. I rolled my eyes. I was like, all right, yeah, okay, DC, great. But everything I've read about it, everything I've heard about it, Jeff Johns did an interview. He said all the right things that I want to hear, talking about going back to some of these more classic characters. That's what I took from it. With better, uh, uh, he doesn't want to erase continuity, but it's it's more like, Refocusing? Yes, the, the, the classic continuity we're all familiar with and getting back to some of these, uh, core characters. Core characters. Is yeah. Superman gonna find his underwear? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't place bets. <laughs> but yeah, they're gonna do these rebirth one shots. So every character, they're gonna end all the series that are going on at issue 52. Big shock. All the ones that have been going since the new 52, yeah. we're gonna hit issue 52. I feel like this has been going on since you opened. Uh, Eh, no, well, because like the countdown to fifty-two and the 
you know, when all I, those actually, like when I opened Final, it was in the middle of Final Crisis. Okay, so two thousand five. Final Crisis had just started. So then, yeah, then it was fifty two yeah. countdown. Yeah, like it was fifty two, fifty two, fifty two. Pick up fifty two. Yeah, all the books are going back to two ninety nine cover price. Yeah, and with, all starting over with a new number one, except for Action and Detective, which are going to be uh, renumbered back to their original numbering. See, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm all for the original numbering. What's <laughs> now? Are they going to include these numberings like before as part of that, or is it just going to yeah, go it'll be the... wherever they left off plus fifty two? Okay, yeah, yeah. that's good. Okay. Neat. Uh, the only last thing. I had was this kind of like breaking news just a few hours ago, just because ding, 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 he doesn't ding, say news. he doesn't just frivolously say things. But um, Brian K. Vaughn, I follow him on Twitter, and he was saying someone asked him specifically about uh, if he knew any news on a Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they specifically asked on FX if there was any kind of news on that, and he just said, "Stay tuned." Huh. So apparently there must be something in the works that they're getting ready to announce more than just rumor, I guess. And, it, you know, if he's saying it, I feel like he mm. should be in the know. I'm excited about that. I've been waiting for years for something. I kind of feel that. like everything is kind of in the works right now. Every Everything that ever really mattered at this point, somebody will ask somebody, you know, hey, what about this? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're working on that. I guess what I feel like is they're getting, though – they're getting past the things I have like. We're, we've, they've done the things I want. <laughs> this is one of the things that didn't get done that I'm like, okay, now I'm excited. I want, I want this. But not that I followed that series, but I know both of you guys were heavily into it. That is that not a series that would translate very well to TV? I think it would. Okay. Yeah, it's a long. You know, it, it, it takes years yeah. to tell the story. It's absolute. I mean, it's absolutely would work on TV. It just depends who did it. You know, it's, it would be, it's very in the vein of, I hate to say Walking Dead, but it's a, just a story that just continues. And, yeah, because there's several different settings. They travel right, across the country. Right. Yeah, it could lend itself each season to be a different threat. Like, yeah, Walking Dead's a pretty good analogy. I'm actually most shocked that Brian Kivon has a Twitter account. It's the, just a few months. Okay. Because he makes people write in actual letters. Uh, it, he doesn't do email. It is in sharp contrast. To, I mean, I love his letters pages. <laughs> that, you know, he. You have to physically mail him a letter <clears throat> or you're not going to hear. Yeah, he makes you work. <laughs> but yeah. That, he's it, my hero. I want to be him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when I saw that, I was like, well, he's not just, he, he doesn't just do that. So, you know, that kind of wraps up all that kind of news. Do we have any? Is that our uh, weekly news? I think so. For this yes. hour? Well, we didn't talk about Arrow, which. We never talk about Arrow. <laughs> Go ahead. Actually, did you watch it? Yeah. It was, yeah. I thought I, it was pretty good. I, I, I did enjoy it. Now, Felicity is fixed. Suddenly. Felicity is fixed. She's up and she mobile again. Or something? No, she's walking again. Oh, did she you got f- some of that computer? She got new legs. <laughs> Just as her and Oliver were ending their relationship. Actually, I, I I will say about Arrow, as far as villains go, Cupid is probably one of my favorite villains on the show. That was pretty well done. I like that. It was a good episode. I like the contrast between her and Oliver. And that doesn't ring a bell with me. Is there Cupid? Is that, is that a comic character? Yeah, yeah. yeah she a uh, female villain who also an archer. 
Um, oh, that who, makes sense because Cupid right. has like, <laughs> she, I see she, what they did there. <laughs> and she shoots harp-shaped arrows. Yes. Of course she does. And even her bow is kind of shaped like a harp. That's adorable. Does she wear a diaper? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but with her character in the beginning, she was madly in love with – Green Arrow. Green, no, she's well, in love with Arrow. And then he supposedly died. And then she was in love with Deadshot, uh, although we can't call him Deadshot. Uh, so they killed him because there's some kind because they were all together in Task Force X, not Suicide Squad. And so now she's mad at love and and she's like kidnapping people that are truly in love and killing them. Because, she's murdering um, famous couples. Yeah, is what it is. So, so they have to look out, Kim and Kanye. Yeah, Kanye, <laughs> God, we can only hope. <laughs> Yeah, so Oliver. That would be an easy target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so oh. they have to kind of. <laughs> Oliver and that Felicity took me a to get, <laughs> have to uh, fake it, fake their wedding since they've called it off because they were going to be her next target. So they kind of set her up. And hilarity ensues. Yes. Oh, and uh, Detective Lance ruins his career to Saint Damien Dark. Yes, who is now going by some other name. He's from Markolbia Mar- Mar- or yeah. <laughs> something. I don't even know if that's a fictitious. Isn't country. that where? Yeah, it's a DC. Isn't that where? Um, Terra, Geo Terra and Geoforce. Yeah, Geoforce uh, was. They were from. They were royalty there. Yeah. So. Yeah, get your DC references, Michael. <laughs> I know the characters. <laughs> so, so as we wind down here, how about uh, you hit us with a deep thought there, Jordan? And now, deep thoughts. You want a deep thought? <laughs> Dig deep. Thing. Yeah, I was uh, reading an article on the AV Club. Which is the sister, the pop culture site, sister to the Onion, and they did a, a parenting guide. It was written by some of the people there. You know, they write about pop culture, but they had some of the parents on staff write, um, talking about you know how superheroes are huge. You can't escape any of the, the superhero stuff going on. Uh, and saying like, okay, if the kids aren't ready for these movies, but they're kind of inundated with the superhero stuff, uh, what's some like youth friendly things they should get into? And each one made a suggestion, like, you know, basically my first graphic novel or my, you know, it was Teen Titans Go, uh, Powerpuff Girls, Captain Underpants, or some of these things for the youngest readers. And, uh, they were writing about the, uh, basically the culture today. And I don't have kids, but uh, I know you guys all do. And they were saying how much they're marketed to and how everything out there you have, you have to think, you know, a birthday party, you have the plates and the napkins and the cups. Like, that's, you can slap a superhero on anything. So there's so much cheap disposable stuff. Every hat a kid wears, the shoes, everything has a superhero on it. Their backpack. Um, uh, my favorite, favorite line was childhood, childhoods are like race cars covered in clashing logos. But, uh, superheroes are special. They molt as kids grow. So a superhero, it's, it's a, it's kind of brilliant marketing. To slap all these characters, kids don't even know who Spider. They might have a Spider-Man hat and a shirt, but they don't even know who this character is until they get older. So then, these superheroes are adaptable to that. They're, then they have them on cartoons, 
as you watch when you're a little bit older. Then they're in movies a little bit older, the comic books. So the comics, the characters grow with the kids. So I just wondered, like, is that having kids, did you recognize that? Do you, is it something you would hook into? Is it something is you'd it want, a- is it something you'd want to fight? Or is it something you'd, are you trying to get your kid into this stuff? Or is it something that, well, they can find their own way, they'll, they'll pick out? Because the same thing doesn't happen with other characters. Except for maybe some of us, Disney, we, uh, yeah. we don't ever like well, Disney, but a lot of the, you know, Barney, you know, kids don't stick in with Barney in junior high and Thomas the Tank and like, what makes superheroes different? And that, is, that is kind, it a good thing or a bad thing? That's kind of the reason that there is this boom of superheroes in the last decade is because it finally reached that point where we're all adults now and it's still with us. Um, I, I, I mean, I know I was whipping out the superhero con, uh, costumes for my kid when he was yeah. little, you know, <laughs> he's, you know, wearing Spider-Man outfits and all kinds of things. Just, you know, you kind of, you, you want your kids to be interested in the things you're interested in. And I suppose you could make them, let them make their own choices on the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I can say with uh, growing up a huge Star Wars fan, um, after the prequels, I kind of let it go a little bit. Um, of course, at that time, we thought it was done. You know, 30 years, and then here's your finale, and it's like, okay, maybe I should move on. It's been a good run. <laughs> but with the, with the yeah, with the new movie, I can honestly say it, with my eight-year-old, um, I didn't push her into it. I... I didn't bring it up. It just kind of happened again. The same way it did probably did for, for us. And she's rediscovering, uh, the whole story, but she's so into it right now. And I'm sure part of it's, you know, all the kids are into it at school and it's popular right now. But I, I can see the fandom developing a little bit with her where I don't have to push her into it. Um, I don't have to bring it up to her. She just kind of does it on her own. Um, kind of organically. So with that, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really had to push her into it. I don't feel like she was pushed into it. I feel like she did find it on her own. Cause it's weird. I thought before, like my parents never pushed their pop culture on me. Mm-hmm. They weren't like, you need to watch some of these howdy doody reruns. <laughs> like they, it, like they let their stuff go and became adults. They grew up. <laughs> we never did. Yeah. We never did. So Whatever. like when our generation has kids we're like, Oh, check it out. Ninja turtles. Like we, 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 right. we we're pushing our, the same stuff we love on them. And I don't know if there's going to be some kind of rebellion or they're like, you like it too much, so I gotta rebel and not like it. I don't know. That's... Well, I, from my experience, I think kids are always gonna find their own path. You can wish all you want mm-hmm. to, for them to like the things that you like, but nine times out of ten, they're gonna make their own choices. Right. Um, you know, I was a lifelong and am a lifelong comic book fan, and I read and collected comics, um, as my boys grew up, and they're all three years apart. And through those years, there was different times, like, uh, my youngest Jordan got into Runaways for a little while, um, and I even tried to do, like, comic books that would appear to their entrance, interests, like, with Jordan was huge in the Halo, so I would get him some Halo books, um, and with my middle son, Jared, he loves the X-Men movies, 
loves anything to do with X-Men as far as the movie goes, but that's where it stops. He's yeah. not interested in seeing anything outside of that. And then with Jeremy, the oldest one, he was always into The Walking Dead and reading those kind of comics, but that was where it stopped. So I think no matter how much you market it to, it comes to a point where the kid is – if they're going to like it, it's not going to be because you like it. Because I have a few customers I know who have – you can tell they're kind of pushing it. Like, I'm going to buy every one of these for this kid. And they they sort of – they're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you just wonder if that's going to ever you know pay off. Well, you see me walk in here with my son yeah. and what? He goes over there and sits down. <laughs> he does not care at all about looking at comics. I, I've been like, you want to get a comic? Get, you know, pick something out. And occasionally he'll be like – Oh, he'll get this or that, but most of the time he's just like, whatever, you know. He, <clears throat> you can, he, he loves all the movies and all that, but he, you know. I think too, well, with our kids, maybe it's part of their age too. They're, they're, they're in that kind of funny age, teenager. I little... might, there, there was a year or two, maybe I was too cool for it. Right, right. I think that's part of it too. Um, so they may come back to it. We, you know, with, with my son, when, a little story, when Jordan first opened Asylum, um, in downtown Marietta's first location, um, we were walking by one day and my son was probably, well, he was about five years old. He was in kindergarten at that time. And honestly, he had no interest at all in reading. He could have cared less. But he did like cartoons and the superheroes on TV. Um, of course, he was five years old. So, we walk, went in one day, I think, uh, just to check it out. I think we rented some movies. Um, but when you walk in, there was a giant wall of comics, big, colorful, everything he loved. So I used that. I, I don't want to say I pushed him into it, but I used that to get him excited about reading. Uh, that's kind of how he learned to read as we would go and we would buy comics and kind of go over them. And he kind of grew with that. And he read, he still, he'll still sit down and read a comic book, but now he's 15, it's 10 years later, he doesn't, you know, it's not the, the coolest thing, he's not, he'd, he'd, he'd rather watch the movie right now than sit down and watch, or that, go out and buy a comic. That 15 to 18 year old, there's a thing called girls that come right, right. get out of comics. <laughs> Even I went through that stage. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to ask about, like, before this was all accepted, and in every movie theater, and on every TV channel, is that what helped grow our like defensiveness and and shyness and uh, ashamed feeling because superheroes are kid stuff and if you mm-hmm. didn't outgrow them at some point is that why we stayed in the closet and didn't you know wear our you know Wolverine t-shirts to school like right it, it was there some sort of like because I think everyone growing up before now. If you're of our generation or older, there was some stigma attached. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because that's how 90% of the world saw comics. They were, oh, that's the kids' stuff. So surely this added to the chip on our shoulders. Well, I think that's why you see a bunch of 35 and 40 year old guys walking around now in their Wolverine t shirts. <laughs> and yet, and, <laughs> they didn't get and a yet, chance. And yet, the high school kids are all walking around in it, in it too, and they, and they get away with it where we, yeah. Yeah. we well, wouldn't have. That that does crack me up because I remember like when Jordan was at his original location talking about how there's like football jocks coming in and buying comic X Men comics, yeah. and it's all acceptable. I I mean when I was growing up, I was the only one of my friends that collected comics, and even in my teenage years, 
you know, everyone knew that I got comics. I, I don't think I ever really had any t-shirts because they just, they weren't available like they yeah. are now. <laughs> like you had to order them through a special catalog and you had to pay a nice little penny for them. And then wait six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> or three months. I still remember being in college waiting for a class to start and I looked down in the, in the, it's like one of those theater seatings and there was a guy like 10 rows ahead of me reading a wizard magazine. And I'm an adult. I'm like, there's somebody else here. They're like, yeah. Tom. like it was a big deal to me. Oh, like, yeah. whoa, check out that guy. Like it was, uh, yeah, I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm like, somebody here. He might, he might be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so odd and so out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, it, just the, if you look down and saw somebody reading a magazine, <laughs> you're like, what is, what is that? <laughs> But that is a really good question. Is that our dis- our defense mechanism? Because it was never cool for us, and now it's cool for everyone. See that it does. It is for many people. It doesn't bother me. But I know that you in particular have made several comments, just like this is mine. You know, and now everybody else doesn't realize this was always mine. You know, and now yeah. it's everyone's, and you're a little territorial about it. I'm like, if you like this stuff, I, I'm. Welcome. We have to welcome, be welcoming. Otherwise, we're just sitting on our porch saying, get off my lawn. Right. It's but like there, if there's you, something to that, like these meant something to some, oh, especially I, I agree. kids who, you know, kids who were influenced by this or, I mean, there's kids who, you know, who say, you know, Spider-Man saved my life, the lessons I learned, like that kind of thing. There's and, a lot of history built into yeah, it. Yeah. So if, if, some people ingrain this very deeply. Oh, I and understand to see some it. poser who doesn't that's, understand. Yeah. You know, that's exactly the word I was like, going to yeah. use. Was everyone poser. jumping on the Deadpool yeah. bandwagon? Like, I could see why it would rub you the wrong way. Of like, this is a sacred thing to oh, a lot yeah. of people. It's yeah. not just pop culture. It's not just fun and fantasy. It's the thing is, we can't fight it. We can't. Yeah. You know, it's like, do we really want the alternative? Do we? You know, it's it, it's it's almost like the the kid that cry wolf because. We wanted this so badly, yeah. and now we have it, <laughs> and now we're crying because we got exactly what we asked for. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's like you just gotta. You're, you're allowed to feel that about it, and I, I admit I feel some of that too. I'm like, you don't, you didn't read all those, th- you know, all those back issues that I grew up reading, and you're just claiming ownership and walking around with your Captain America T-shirt on. But I mean, that's the same thing. Like the way we grew up, if we wanted to. Like, you know, like I, I told the story of hunting down issues of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I had those two that were missing forever, and I finally got them. Or those series that you used to have to hunt down, and you have memories of, like, you know, like Indiana Jones trying to find that lost treasure. <laughs> and it's ingrained with you where now they just go on Comixology and they can pull up the trade or download it and know the story. Or Wikipedia, which I – have a tendency to do from time to time as well. well. But I think this is just a new thing for us. It, as a comic fan or superhero fan, this is new territory. Having to I, share? Yeah, having to share. <laughs> like, I, I've kind of experienced the same thing with, with sports. You, I have teams that I've followed my whole life. Oh, yeah, now everybody wants to be a Browns fan. Well, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's jumping on that bandwagon. But... Regardless what what team it is, anytime you find a little success with something, then all these people start trying to hop on, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I suffered through all the crappy years, all the crud. 
you're not going to ruin this is mine you're not going to ruin it for me so i think you've, you it's just new to us in in this world well pat Oswald had a great article i can't remember the website it was we'll, we'll link to it here below the, <laughs> in below the show this. notes yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll we'll allow you to read it but uh talking about growing up in the 70s and what it took to be a nerd it took effort it took desire like you had to work for it and that's what you know it honed your your ability and it made it more ingrained and deeper of an experience because you couldn't just walk to any corner store and find the novel you wanted you know by Tolkien or you know what you know it's it's whatever you were a fan of D&D or even music or movies like you had to go find this 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 obscure foreign film or what whatever your nerddom was and how how that worked so yeah i don't i don't think that gives anyone more nerd cred or whatever you'd call it but it's a different it's a huge difference in our generations and i think this new phantom's just starting we don't know where it's going to end we don't know how it's going to impact these kids as they've grown up in this culture so it's going to be a big difference i'm not sure what what the outcome is but I'm interested to hope I live long enough to see it because I'm very curious. I feel like it's almost like the Boys in the Hood movie where it's like, this is our turf and you don't have, you don't, or, uh, let's go electric boogaloo and you can't break dance like this or whatever. I do hope all our future, uh, problems are settled by break dancing. Are you show enough? (laughs) But yeah, like, will it be like the 40s? Or they say, you know, 87% of kids read comics. Like, every kid read comics back then. Yeah. Now it's like 87% of kids watch superhero movies, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So it's it's as ubiquitous as it was in the heyday height of comics. Yeah, that's All these same characters. And then it all collapsed. It all changed. You know, yeah. the, the 50s completely wiped out the industry. So I don't know what's next, but I'm I'm very curious to see it. Do you think comics are still like the bastard child? I, yeah, to some 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 extent. I th- I mean, I think so. It's they're they still don't have the credibility that they should by now. Um, I think it's gaining very slowly though. Well, people are living longer. I think as as some generations die off, I think it, it I think it'll gain more and more like it is now, where as as we get older, as these kids get older with it. It's just going to become more ingrained in in the pop culture. Yeah, but is it just are they really appreciating the source material like they should? It seems like they they're grabbing the characters and making movies and television out right. of them, but and smooshing uh, continuity. Right, but are, are they paying homage to the source material and really you know? Or does it even matter? It's just these these characters are now amalgams of movie, TV, video game, comic. They're just they exist in a different dimension than they do. Oh yeah, we don't own them anymore. They're yeah. they're out there. I'm waiting for Amazon to start publishing fan fiction on comic books. <laughs> but I mean, it's not the same way that people that read books like like I never read a book. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've established that every book I bring up, yeah, you stare at me. <laughs> People that read oh. books, we don't even know what to call them. <laughs> but I mean, you know, where there's there's a movie based on a book. Uh, I, I mean, is that the same way they feel that the source material is so de- 
so far from the original material. Yeah, yeah, I think you get the same reaction. Uh, if I, I ever meet someone who's yeah, we'll have to, If you meet one, we'll <laughs> send them our way. We'll, we'll have them as a special guest. The, the sad part of that is the last two books I read was through audible.com, so I listened to them because well, I was, I was well, too busy well, to for read. For example, them. that, like, that Stephen King show they're doing, that 112263, I read that book. I love that book. It's one of his better ones. And, you know, the, I, when I watch the show, there's good parts and bad parts, and I think, ah, oh, people need to read the book. Of course, always the source material is the best version, you know, whatever you, part you were exposed to first is what you're gonna like the most, and, and I, you know, so, yes, I'm sure, and when the, when they do something with the Dark Tower, we'll all be territorial about that. Well, that's what happened it. when they did Harry Potter. Yeah. That's what happened with it. Yeah, so see, yeah. Cliff wrote a book. I didn't say I read it. <laughs> I just said that's what happened. <laughs> and actually, I am reading a book right now, but it's more of a serious book about purgatory. So I'll stop with that so I don't make this a yeah. Debbie he, Downer. He picked that because he didn't want there to be any chance he was going to make a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, they did. It's called Lost. It was a TV show. <laughs> Full okay. circle, baby. All right, let's wrap it up. So, um, Michael, where can people find you on the web if they want to get in contact with the show or us? Or That's a really good question. Thank you all for once again joining us on this old new podcast. Is that right? Brand new first episode. All new, all different. It's not a reboot. It's a rebirth. Right. <laughs> it's a kabash. Jeff Johns was on to something. I'm going to eat the placenta. Um, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> As always, I am the illustrious Michael Case. <laughs> I'm Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. <laughs> I'm Seth Offenberger. I've seen Michael eat a lot of weird things, <laughs> including a cheeseburger with peanut butter on it. Best burger I ever had.